is Bloomberg Surveillance. A terrorist attack slows economic activity. Somebody doesn't take a trip. People change behaviors. There are an awful lot of antagonists who don't like the Fed, who want to curb the Fed's authority. Even if the Fed is only projecting a couple of hikes through the balance of the year, that's still about twice as much as what's in the money market curve. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Tom Keene and Michael McKee. Mr. McKee off today. Francine Lacroix, Yeoman's Duty. I met a yeoman once at the Tower of London. Yeoman's Duty by Francine Lacroix and uh, London out of our radio studios uh, on Finsbury Square. Finsbury Square in London. A lot to talk about uh, in this hour. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Cone Resnick, as always, by Cone Resnick. Accounting, tax advisory. It can be hard to navigate through economic uncertainty. Your business needs industry insight and transformative advice to drive it forward. Find out why at Cone Resnick.com. Francine, have you ever met a yeoman or a yo person? I haven't. I need to hang out with Tom Keen more. I got a photo with him at the Tower of London. They were out. They were like off the green there where everybody died hundreds Let me of guess. years ago. E- even he was shorter than you. Yes, they were. They were shorter than me, but they looked they look very extinguished uh, all in all. Uh, Francine, David Sowerby uh, with Loomis Sales. Um, has a lot of good perspective on not only where valuations are going, but particularly valuations off the mark. We talked to Howard Ward of Gamco earlier about the visible stocks, the big growth stocks, Sowerby, uh, looking for things a little more obscure. Uh, David, good morning. Good morning, Tom. Are, are you enthusiastic about the acquisition of shares here, or are we overpriced? No, I, I would I would try to take a at least a 12 month view and think that stocks are still the best performing asset class. I think high yield can give them a run for their money on a risk reward basis, but the likelihood that you can still get equity returns between seven to eight percent annualized, particularly when you value them on a company's cash flow versus their net in, net income, that the market still has potential, even though off the February 11th lows. Stocks have rallied anywhere from 11 to 14 percent. But it's not all stocks. I mean, there's 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 the big, you know, the 50 big names of the 100 big names, and we're guilty of talking about them too much. Is there value in mid-cap, or did they escape the carnage of January? I, I think there's always value in the mid-cap, and if you go to what we affectionately refer to as smid-cap, combination of small and mid, it, it always amazes me how many stocks can potentially double in a in a in a part of the market that we call the Russell 2500 index, the Russell 2000 index. Uh, small cap stocks have actually modestly outperformed large cap stocks off those February lows, and I always like to think that I'm going to get to a little closer home next to the beach on the back of small cap stocks when it comes time to hang it up in this industry. David, when you look at how, what actually do you look at to, to understand the direction of the markets, right? You say equities are, are doing fine and they'll do fine, but this all has to do with central bank action, right? A, a good chunk of it certainly does. Anytime you have still after the Fed began to embark on an, an incredible easing in November 2008, you still have short-term interest rates in this country at less than 50 basis points. Subtract the 1.7% inflation rate, and for better than roughly 
close to eight years, we've had negative real interest rates. That is uh, monetary. That's monetary stimulus on steroids. But but it goes beyond. I think simply that the Fed has been incredibly stimulative. I still believe that companies today are much more sensible at what we like to call allocating their capital or how they're spending their cash flow. In, in the spirit of being good for shareholders, and companies' allocation um, on the back of good free cash flow growth, I think still is a is a tailwind and a and a net plus for stocks to move higher because companies are are spending their cash wisely, whether it's uh, in pursuit of a, a new piece of capital, hiring, doing an acquisition. Uh, companies are are much better at delivering shareholder value with the use of their cash. Are they, David? Because, I, I mean, a lot of the companies that we follow, which may be a, a little bit bigger than what you invest in, are, are sitting on cash. And for me, we need a catalyst so that they start spending more. Uh, you know, Tom makes a point that maybe there's, that's going to spur M&A. But if, if you're not spending your cash, then it means that they're not seeing a, a great rosy world out there. Well, let's politely disagree a little bit that they're sitting on cash, Perhaps because they're still a little bruised from the, the near Armageddon economic experience of 2008. But, but nevertheless, uh, I think they're spending their cash. We know that dividends are growing at a double-digit pace. Share repurchase remains quite healthy. Uh, capital spending outside of energy is growing in a high single-digit. Uh, commercial loan growth, because of companies' capital spending, is running about 10% for commercial and industrial loan growth year-over-year levels. Employment growth in 2015 was the best probably in about 15 years. So I, I would contend that companies are indeed spending their cash in various ways and still likely most of them on an individual basis in the best interest of shareholders. What about Fed policy? How does that come into your thinking? We had the Fed basically say, no, they're not looking at four interest rate hikes. They're looking at two. That gives a lot of companies an extra lifeline. I'm always interested in Fed policy, but I'll take a step back and say it's usually the microanalysis of individual companies that will lead me to the right. best investment decisions. But having said that, I think as a portfolio manager, one of the rules of thumb you should think about with respect to the Federal Reserve is certainly be cognizant of what the Fed is doing with with money, particularly the uh, high-powered money, the monetary base. But, but also what I've learned over the years is one rule of thumb with the Fed is they traditionally overdo it, whether it's yeah. the tightening side or the easing side. And if I stick to that rule, and in this case the easing side right. has been – very, very aggressive. That's a key. Let me ask you the money question. I asked this of Howard Ward with Microsoft Alphabet, the rest of them earlier. Let me ask you with a smaller cap of you. David Sowerby, can you link equity performance to tepid nominal GDP in a low terminal value, or are corporates so adept they can manage for that reality and keep the cash flow stream going? If I, Tom, if I look at free cash flow as it's not the silver bullet, but it's probably one of the best metrics for finding good companies. Free cash flow uh, yields are better than 5% for the broader market. For many of the stocks I'm buying, it's, it's, it's well in excess of that. I'm, I am still encouraged that free cash flow growth right. is, is healthy, healthy as it is when nominal GDP is, let's call it at best, 3.5%, okay. 4%.
We're going to have you back for another section. Let's get it started right now. David Sarby, Loomis Sales. Give me a stock I've never heard of. That's what you're best at. Stock you've never heard of. Um, well, Liberty Interactive is. That'll do it. You've heard, yeah, QVC. <laughs> uh, great retailer, competes with Walmart in a different way, high loyalty, uh, better than 6% free cash flow. But isn't that old technology? It's loyal technology because they know exactly what they're selling minute by minute. Uh, they, they can they can move their merchandise quite quickly. They don't have bricks and mortar like Amazon, but in a, in a smaller way. I think spin-outs in the small mid-cap area are still a very successful way to buy money. And out of all the Liberty businesses, Liberty Interactive, uh, QVC has been a very good long-term spin-out. Stock's weaker this year. It's down 10%, but I think there's, there's valuation. Okay. But in the bull market, it's only up 39% per year. I mean, come on, David. you got to do a better performance. It's gone from 5 to 30. John Tucker, why didn't David Sowerby tell us about this in March of 2009? Well, <laughs> and, we, and we've owned it for a while, I can say that, Tom. David Sowerby, Loomis Sales. See, Francine, it's amazing. You listen to Bloomberg Surveillance, and you get equity ideas always four years behind the moment. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's what we like to do here, folks. We're going to come back and hopefully look forward. Is he going to come back? Well, David Sarby going to come back, and we're going to try to look forward here a year or three or four to look for the next QVCA as well. He is with Luma Sales. We love having him on because it's not about, John, name the stock, Apple, Facebook, General Electric. It's like six If, if you look, folks, at Bloomberg Surveillance, at the percentage of time we spend on the top ten stocks we talk about, it'd be like 80 we're, we're so guilty of, of the big stock bias. And it's wonderful, seriously, wonderful to have David Sowerby of Loomis Sales on. Uh, Francine, any chance we can get George Osborne on today? Sure, yeah. He's about to do a phoner with us. <laughs> <laughs> How bad he's is the world physio. for the chancellor? It's pretty bad also because he put a, you know, a budget together last week. He unveiled it last week and then there was public outcry because he cut benefits uh, to the poor and the disabled and of course Ian Duncan Smith had to resign. So look, he's facing Brexit and this means that his leadership contest is taking a step back if he had ambitions to become Prime Minister one day. Interesting. That big a deal. We'll have to to do more on that next week, particularly in our 5 a.m. hour here in New York, 10 a.m. prime time in uh, London. Futures negative 11 Dow Futures, negative 84 on this Thursday. And now to the news. In New York, here's Michael Barr. Tom, thank you very much. There may be a second suspect on the loose following this week's bombings in Brussels. Belgian state media reports that an attacker is seen on surveillance cameras in the Brussels subway carrying a large bag and walking alongside the man who's been identified as the actual suicide bomber. The lawyer for the chief Paris attack suspect says Salah Abdeslam is not fighting extradition to France and wants to leave Brussels as quickly as possible. Abdeslam was captured in Brussels last week after four months on the run following the November Paris terror attacks. Heavy snow and strong winds could hit the Plain States today thanks to a powerful spring snowstorm that closed Denver's airport. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Tom? Michael, thanks so much. Uh, we look at equities, bonds, currencies, commodities, weight to the market. Not risk off. That's maybe too strong a statement. Dollar stronger. Euro one eleven sixty this morning. Francine Lacroix in London. I'm Tom Keen in New York. Stay with us. Bloomberg surveillance.
The news update brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. This month, your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers welcome spring with limited-time offers on select models like the sporty CLA and versatile GLA. Each engineered and priced to move. Visit MBUSA.com today. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are falling this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures remain under pressure. Dow futures currently lower by 80 points. S&P futures drop 11. And Nasdaq futures decline by 22. The U.S. 10 yield falls to 1.86%. And main European markets are also trading to the downside. France falls 1.8%. On the U.S. economic front at 8.30, initial jobs claims and durable goods orders. At 9.45, market U.S. services PMI. At 10.30, natural gas storage change. And at 11 o'clock, Kansas City Fed. After the Bellas tonight, KB Home and PVH beat. And regarding earnings this morning, finish line EPS view trailed estimates. Winnebago was mixed. And Accenture boosted 2016 adjusted EPS and revenue forecasts. In other news, Starboard nominates nine directors to Yahoo's board. And finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. At Bank of America, Altria cut to neutral. Philip Morris raised to buy. Range Resources cut to underweight at Barclays. General Dynamics cut to hold over at Deutsche Bank. Ventas cut to neutral at Goldman Sachs. And at Raymond James, United Continental cut to market perform. And American Airlines raised to outperform. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen. All right, thanks, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type Squawk Go on your terminal. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Francine. Karen, thanks so much. Bloomberg surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco. Investing isn't about meeting benchmarks. It's about achieving goals. Find out how Invesco's high-conviction approach can help. Visit Invesco.com slash high-conviction. Francine Lacroix in London. I'm Tom Keene in New York. We're looking at the equity market and the rationalization of owning stocks, given all the gloom out there and tepid GDP. David Sowerby with us with Loomis Sales. David, give us an example of how free cash flows develop. Give us a mid-cap stock with maybe so-so revenue growth, but down the income statement, the free cash flows developed. What's one good example of that? Um, Harris makes set-top boxes, communication equipment. They make stuff. Uh, they make stuff. They just are doing more business globally. Uh, the, the stock, whether it's on a price-to-earnings or on a free cash flow yield basis, is still generating uh, good cash flow from operations. Subtract their capital spending is the simplest way to, to calculate free cash flow. And, and here's a here's an example of a company that is not widely followed uh, by Wall Street, and their free cash flow is is attractive. And I think to the broader market, we, we talked before the break that. There is no silver bullet to picking good companies, but I think if you value companies on a cash flow basis versus on a what more Wall Street analysts do on that traditional price to earnings, price to book, price to sales, that long term, but particularly in the last 10 years, valuing, valuing a company on its cash flow has proven to, to be superior for, for identifying not just good stocks, Tom, but I think uh, good good credit as well, good bonds. 
so, David, that's one way of making money, right? But you also have to make sure you don't lose money. So how do you see, how do you analyze uh, companies that you should be staying away from? Most likely it's when when views are too euphoric, when they're ready to be canonized. Sainthood, few companies are. It's reflected in, in the valuation. I think that that is very often one of the one of the areas of the market to, to avoid. But but at the same time, you know, I think companies that that do not deploy their cash in the best interest of shareholders, that is always a, a metric that you, you should look at too for companies that you don't want to own versus in a in a portfolio of playing to win and and a modest number of securities. I think that that's a key ingredient too. But really looking at there's a great book by Thorndike called The uh, Outsiders, where he talks about 10 individual CEOs, some we've heard of, some we haven't. But the, the common thread throughout is individuals who really practiced good capital allocation in, in the pursuit of shareholder return. Yeah, I look, David, at, at sector analysis, and, and I'm, fa- I'm fascinating, sort of like auto parts when Steve Ratner was the car czar. Tell me about oil smaller companies. I mean, everybody knows, geez, oil's down Exxon, oil's down Chevron. Tell me about the smaller 300 companies in American oil that I don't know about. Well, if you look at the filings, with uh, with hopeful approval for my compliance, we own a company called uh, Gulfport Energy. Uh, operates oil and gas properties in, in Louisiana Gulf Coast. The, the market capitalization is less than $5 billion. And I'll say again, look at our filings. You'll see that we're an owner of the stock. And from our perspective in a, in a tough industry, particularly when, when in the smaller cap names, uh, you have juicier balance sheets. This is a stock that we've, we've owned and we have a, a good opinion on. David Sarby, thank you so much with Loomis Sales. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, different, different approach, mid-cap and small-cap stocks. Francine, that's a real clinic. We spend, I don't know about, you know, what you do in London, Francine, but over here there's just this huge bias to talk about the big names. And a lot of good research has been done showing mid-cap uh, can be a point of value from time to time. Yeah, here it's a very similar, I think, we... Uh I guess benchmark the, the markets a lot like in the U.S. I guess you just need to be sure that you also know management, right? Yeah. It's easier if, it, if it's a big company, then you have more research notes available. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the FTSE 100, which I think is 100 stocks. <laughs> Figure that out, folks. Thank you. <laughs> but, but I mean, I mean, to me, it, it's completely devoid. I mean, we, we don't even we don't even look at it, and particularly on a market cap basis. You know, we know, I know Barclays. I know LSE. <laughs> okay, come and spend some time with me here in London, Tom. Paddy Power Betfair PLC. You don't know Paddy Power? No, I don't they're know. They're betters. They're spread betters. Oh, they're the spread betters. Right. Oh. So, so when you know, if, if Kate Middleton and her Prince Charming have another baby, and you want to put a bet on the name, that's who you go to, Tom. Come on. My word, folks! I <laughs> believe this is our the next time I'm in London. This was in an hour on Paddy <laughs> Power. Spread betters or bed what? Spread bet. This oh, is where you bet on everything. They oh, bet on everything. Daddy, yeah. okay. You know. Well, there we are. Francie Laquan, Tom Keene. Stay with us.
Coming up, the All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com for special lease offers with the only adventure sales event. 